Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Raising Young Achievers podcast. I'm your host, Sharia Woods, and I am so excited about today's episode. I had an amazing conversation with Trinace Dorsey Hollins, and we talked about all of the amazing work Trinace is doing with parents in Fort Worth, Texas, through her organization, Parent Shield Fort Worth. Trinace is a mother turned education activist. I don't think she set out to be an activist, <laughs> but when some things happen that she'll talk about on the show today, she realized that she was going to have to step up and fight for her own child. And as she did that, she grew the muscle and was able to help more people fight for their own children. And now she's created this entire movement in Fort Worth around literacy. She's bringing together parents to empower them with the information about where their children currently are and then connecting them to resources and tools to help their kids continue to grow. I was so inspired by this conversation. I hope that you will be just as inspired hearing Trinace's story. All right, let's go. Hey, Trinace, and welcome to the Raising Young Achievers podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to be a part. Yes, I'm so excited to hear more about your work and what you're doing in Fort Worth. Um, One of my friends told me about your work and I was like, these are exactly the challenges that I've been trying to navigate. And so um, I'm really interested to hear about your journey and how you got started. And it feels like things went really fast. So I want to hear all about how you even got this idea and the work that you guys are doing So I guess let's start at the beginning. Like, I'm assuming you have kids. I don't even know like that part of your story. Are you a mom? (laughs) Definitely, definitely am a mom. I have two daughters. So I have a 13-year-old daughter and I have a five-year-old daughter. And my five-year-old daughter, she's special or unique needs. So she's nonverbal. She's in a wheelchair. She basically requires hands-on assistance for all of our basic daily life tasks. But as you can see, there's a big gap between my girls, eight year difference. So before my younger daughter, it was just me and my older daughter. And I was just that mom who poured so much into my baby. For one, I'm born and raised in Fort Worth, have lived here my whole life, except for when I went to college. And education has just always been instilled in me. But I think I kind of took it for granted or I didn't value it as much as I did until I had my own children. So when I had my first daughter, like I said, I just poured so much into her, making sure she was prepared, that she knew everything that I felt like she needed to know starting school, your phone number, your name, your colors, your your ABCs, um, shapes, like just everything. And it showed for my baby because she went to Fort Worth ISD pre-K three, pre-K four, kinder. But when she got to first grade and I got her first grade report card, her first six weeks report card, it showed that she was emerging in things that I knew she knew. Like what are her shapes and doing basic addition and knowing how to identify colors. I was like, my baby knows these things. So I text her teacher and was like, what happened? Like, where, where'd you get these grades from? Because she knew these things in previous years. I, as mom, knows that she knows these things. But this report card isn't reflecting it. Like, what happened? Did she regress? And the teacher texts me back like, no, she didn't. She didn't regress. Basically, I gave every kid in my class the same grade for the first six weeks so that I could show growth for the next six weeks. And I Oh, was no. Like, yeah, that was me. I was like, what? 
Like, I, I know my, you know, I know I don't have an education degree, but just as a mom, I was like, no, you can't do that. Like, I want my baby's grace to reflect what she knows. Yeah, and, I can't believe uh, she actually admitted that, too. And she texted to me. Oh, so and, then too. Absolutely. And I was just like, and then she got nasty. Like, like I said, all this was via text. Like I said, that's what I did. You'll see a change next six weeks. I was at work. I immediately clocked off work, went to the school. I printed out the text message and I went to the school. I had, I knew nothing about like the process of how everything worked or anything like that. But I knew I was going to go to this school and tell this lady, like, this is not okay. And I ended up talking to the principal and I had all of my baby's previous report cards. Like I said, I had printed out that text message and I was like, ma'am, if you call my daughter in here right now and she knows these things, I want her report card changed, which I know she knows these things. If she if she doesn't, I'll walk out of here and you won't hear from me anymore. No problem. But otherwise, this is not OK. And the principal was looking at me across the table like, for one, who is this little young black girl? Sitting here telling me that what my teacher said is not right and that I'm going to change it. But the principal was like, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. And th my daughter's class was a class full of black and brown children whose most of the parents didn't even speak English. And so I was just like, I'm not OK with that. So the principal not only made that teacher reevaluate my baby, but also all the other babies in that classroom. So just me as a parent. I got to thinking like, wow, like if I was able to just make an impact for 20 plus kids, what else could I do? And had I not spoken up for those 20 plus kids, then this would have been okay and normalized for kids to come. And I was not okay with that. So I just got to looking and paying more attention. And I found out that the school that she was going to was an F rated school. It had been an F-rated school for years. Now, this was a school that I, too, as a first grader, went to. So I didn't know any better. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, here I am having so, so many high standards for my daughter. But I felt like kind of a failure as a mom because she didn't have a say-so in what elementary school she went to. Like, parents, we picked those. But I didn't know any better. So I just started doing my research, and I found out about charter schools and that as a parent I have a choice and she doesn't have to just go to the neighborhood school so my antennas were just up honestly then and then like I said fast forward to my youngest daughter when she came and she's special needs she started school the day after she turned three and this was right when the world opened back up from the pandemic and they were like drop your kids off parents you can't come into the school and I was like, whoo, you want me to drop my baby off? They can't come out of the school and tell me how her day was, what happened, anything like that. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. We're going to have to figure out how we can work together. And other parents start seeing like the impact I was having. And they were just like, how are you able to do that? Can you talk to my granddaughter and tell her, can you give her some advice? And just through all of that formed Parent Shield because I didn't want other parents to feel alone because the system did feel lonely navigating, trying to make sure that my baby's got the best. It just felt lonely. And I was like, if I can be a help for even one more parent, then that was, I felt, I felt like I was being successful. And that's kind of what's, what formed Parent Shield and why we're here today doing the work that we do. So really it's been a journey for you for what, like eight years now of navigating with your older daughter. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Well, this is so awesome. Can you tell me a little bit more about Parent Shield? Tell me how that came to be and what made you think it's time to formalize this? Definitely. It really came from the request from the parents that I were that I was meeting with. I had a full-time job. Um, I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Like I worked full-time, but I still made sure that I made time to prioritize for my children because they're my babies and I, I care about them. But when people started asking me, could you help? Could you help my niece? Could you, could, can I talk to you? Could you just answer a couple of questions that I had? I saw that there was a need for this. We're not affiliated with any school district or anything like that. Just a parent that is born and raised and, and invested in Fort Worth. And I've always had a passion for children. I'm a former track coach, just have always cared about my community, I was just like, I, I have no choice but to give back. And how can I scale this to be even larger than what it is? And there were people in our community that also saw my vision and wanted to pour into that. So they were able to back and support that. They were like, we support what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing, how you want to do it. Go for it. Our name is Parent Shield because we feel like parents are the first line of defense for their children. And we have to shield our babies in this system of inequitable education. We have to be their shield and their voice. So thus the name Parent Shield. And that's how we were, were founded and formed. Tell me more about how you do your work. How do you meet parents and how do you connect with them? We are out boots around talking to parents, knocking on doors at events, wherever parents are, that's where we are literally meeting them where they are. And in those interactions, we've not spoken to a parent yet that doesn't want the best for their, their children. That's where our motto was birthed from. Our motto is parents do care because a lot of time it's not about if they care or if they have time because all parents care. But we also, like I said, have a full-time job trying to make ends meet and keep the lights on. And we're just expecting the school systems to do what they're supposed to do. When my son was in was kinder first grade and we were checking in with his teacher and she was like, he's doing fine. And she seemed excited about that. <laughs> but similar to you, like I had him in pre-K, like he was reading before kindergarten. So I was like, it doesn't feel like he should just be doing fine. And I even saw his test scores start to plateau. It's like when he started school, he was scoring way higher than the other kids. But then as each semester went on, he was getting closer to the average instead of keeping going. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I guess I have to figure this out on my own. At Parent Shield with Parent Shield, we make sure that we inform, we educate parents, we equip them with the tools and the resource that they need. And then we make sure that they have the confidence to act on those and to act on those knowledgeably knowing that the information that they're providing is changing the lives for their child and potentially other children. And even as you alluded in your question, you had to kind of figure it out for yourself and, you know, make sure that your child was excelling on your own. We just don't want that to be the issue for other parents. If we just believe that the schools are the experts and we believe in the report cards because that's, the only information we have to believe, but we we honestly understand that, you know, it's deeper than that. Um, and we don't want parents to just 
be out here lost and not able to navigate the system. So again, we're real heavy on on educating parents. Our parents just want the best for their children. They understand that that all of our children are going to be the future. So ensuring that they're educated, that's something that can't be taken from them. Yeah, I love that. Um, I watched, you had a webinar that I watched and I'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can see it if they want. But the stories that one of the parents shared on there just really, it was heart-wrenching because she was talking about her child being on the AB honor roll, bringing home good grades. She was like, we were celebrating, we were doing all the things. And then she figured out her daughter was actually really struggling and couldn't you know, read well. And she just felt so betrayed by the system and the fact that she was being given this good feedback and it actually wasn't, things were not good. And I could see her taking the blame on herself and feeling like it was her fault when really she was an amazing mom. How many stories like that do you hear? Oh, we hear stories like that all the time. Her story is just one, one of many. Just to share like another story with one of our parents that we had, who was actually at the neighborhood school that, that my daughter could possibly be going to, which is one of the lowest rating schools in the district. I believe only 9% of the children last year were on grade level at this school. But again, this isn't information that parents know. So this parent, this particular parent, she came through our fellowship, which we host fellowships where, again, we educate parents, show them the data that a lot of times they have no idea even exists. Just kind of, you know, bring them together and let them know there's a community of other parents out there that care as well, um, how they can use their voice and how they can best advocate for not only their babies, but all babies. But in our class, she learned about the data for her child's school, and she thought that her child was on grade level. So we invited her to our literacy clinics that we held in July, and in our literacy clinic, she found out that her child was, I believe two grade levels behind and she had no idea and she was just so shocked and surprised she was like based off of this information knowing that the school was already rated so low and then knowing finding out now that my daughter is two years behind she was just enraged she was so upset so we had to talk to that parent let her know hey mom it's not your fault here are some options that you have provided her with some options one of which was like you, you don't have to find a better school for her and mom was right on board like please help me like I had no idea that that this was basically crying for help and so we were able to assist mom with finding a better school for her child and it's just made all the difference so she still contacts us and just let us know how important that information was for her and how just educating her and allowing her to be able to make that educated decision for not only her child because she also had a kindergarten that was starting school this year and she was like, my kindergartner would have been right at that same school with my baby had you not told me that. So now both of them are at a school that's best serving the needs for both of those kids. And mom couldn't be happier. Yeah, that's amazing. The work that you're doing is so important because if people don't know, they can't even make a different decision. And that's the part that I've been so surprised about as a parent, because I work in education, like I do college access work. And so I'm at the systems level. I don't work on campuses. So I thought I understood, but I was so surprised at how underutilized parents were. Like mm -hmm. I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give him, you know, what he needs to be successful. But I'm, you know, at home on Google doing a scavenger hunt, trying to figure out like what to do to help my kid. And this is with me like knowing I can, I know how to look up 
know, the AC grades on the Absolutely. and understand the rankings and all that kind of stuff. But there's still so much. And it's hard, but then it's not hard. You know, it's like if you know it, just imagine the parents who the system has failed them to, and they've mm-hmm. just kind of been pushed through. And now they they are trying to best help their kids, but they're lost and they mm-hmm. have no idea where to turn. What are their options? I just have they feel like I just have to like accept what the school is offering and what the school is giving. And we're like, no, you don't. Like these are still your babies and the schools mm-hmm. work for us. And this is how we use our voice to demand what we want for our children, because they're ours. So, yeah, it's a lot of parents out there. I feel like that's the problem. They're just so lost and nobody's ever like stepped in to say, hey, like we got you. And no, we're not part of the school. We, we, we just parents just like you who live in the community, who care about the community, who our kids will be running the community in the next couple of years and just passionate about this work it's hard work but most importantly it's hard work because it really comes from the heart with the passion that we have about not only our children but our community and definitely our parents that we serve I love it I love it so tell us a little bit more about Freedom July Freedom July was amazing amazing so all of the work that we do is meeting parents where they are and in our interactions with parents Parent, many parents seem to feel like, like, oh, my child is doing fine or they're doing okay because the report cards show that they're making A's and B's. So they just must be reading on grade level. That was just assumed. But of course, we we study this data and we were, were deep into the numbers of our city and we knew that wasn't true. So we just went out again into our community and we invited parents to bring their babies to our clinics that we had throughout the city. We specifically targeted Council Districts 8 and Council District 5 just because we knew that those were, you know, two of the lowest city council districts in our city. And also it was it was personal for me because I'm a lifelong resident of City Council District 8. And most of the families that we serve currently came from City Council District 5. So it was just personal for us. We were able to acquire and partner with some of our local, we felt like safe and common places that parents knew about, like our public libraries and our community centers, the Boys and Girls Club, that parents like knew and would be comfortable bringing their kids to. And we invited them to come in. So the kids came in. Of course, we didn't want kids to feel uncomfortable coming into a place where they, mama, where are you bringing me to? What is this? So they were able to come in, get a snack, kind of, you know, ease their mind a little bit. So we had certified teachers and the teachers were doing the assessments with the children. While the teachers were doing the assessments, we were holding a mini literacy workshop with the parents, just kind of letting the parents know, again, here's the data in our city. Here's how our children have been taught to read. Here is how they need to be taught to read. We need to implement the science of reading so that our children can be taught to read. Once the children were done being assessed, parents were immediately provided the grade level that their child was reading on. So one big takeaway for me as a parent is most of the time when our kids take state exams or exams at schools, we have to wait like a week in the start. Thinking about the start, we have to wait months before we can get the results back. So the fact that our families were able to walk away immediately with the results of what grade levels their child was reading on, it was just so amazing. And again, like I said, we had this in July. 
So we felt like parents could walk into the classrooms in August equipped, knowing exactly what grade level their child was on. And whatever grade level they were on, they could talk to the teacher about a plan for growth. Those parents also walked out of our literacy clinics with an abundant amount of resources to help them from tips to how to talk to the teacher about how their kids are doing, parent-teacher guides, resources on skills that their child should have based on the grade level that they were in. Each child was able to pick out books and leave with books that they were able to select because we know if you pick the book, then you'd be more likely to read it because that was another thing that came from that was a lot of our families didn't have school age appropriate books for their kids in their homes. So being able to provide them with a book was like a huge blessing for us as well. But we used the results from the survey that the parents took, and that's what we used to produce our Freedom July report, which we recently released. As you said, you're going to drop that link in for us. Please check it out. And Freedom July was just super powerful because it really empowered parents. This was a report for parents by parents. This was the first report of its kind in Fort Worth. And one of our parents, we later found out, also worked for the district. And she just thanked us so much for having Freedom July because she was she had not been provided that information before. And just as an employee of the district, I feel like that was so valuable because she understood it from a parent's point of view, but also from a staff's point of view. And she was just like, this was powerful. I needed this. Thank you guys so much. And I mean, a lot just came from Freedom July. It was super powerful. Yeah, it sounds so powerful. And I'm excited to see you guys hopefully continue that this summer and keep growing it because it really feels like parents understanding where their kids are is the first and biggest step. And it is so confusing. Like you talked about parents like not understanding the test scores, like what they even mean. And I've been in the education space and I get the map results and I'm like, what does this even mean? Like They have right. little subsections at the bottom. You don't know what any of those words mean. You don't know what's included. And I remember asking my son's first teacher, what does this mean? And she kind of gave me an answer, but not really much. And she was just like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, early grades, they have a hard time focusing. And, you know, it was more just like, don't worry, but not here's how you can help your kid do better mm-hmm. in this test. And since then, I found all kinds of things. Like recently I found Khan Academy has a whole part of their program where you can put in your kids' math map scores and it will give you guided practice based on where they are. Even if they're doing really well, it'll start them there and then help build those skills. And I'm like, if I'd known about this two years ago, we could have been doing this the whole time. And I I remember you speaking about that on your webinar too, just about the gaps when they start off, they're small, but then as the kids get older, they get wider. And then it's so hard because you got to catch up on like four years of learning that you haven't Mm -hmm. done. I would also love to hear if you sat in on any of those conversations where the teachers were explaining the results to parents, like how did they do it in a way that was more accessible for the parents to understand? And like, what would you want an educator who might be listening to this to know? Oh my God. So let me just say this before I even answer your question. So before we even started Freedom July, like I personally met with each individual teacher that we were going to have working for us. And I really wanted them to understand that our main point of doing these assessments 
was to educate parents. I wanted them to take their teacher hat off in a sense and put on their parent hat. I didn't want them to make this full of jargon or where they weren't you know, able to understand it. I wanted them to be sensitive to the parents that we were serving. And all of the teachers was like, no problem at all. So I would like to say hats off to all of our assessors. Love all of them and thank all of them for their service throughout that project. But just sitting in on it, like I said, they were just so gentle. They let the parents know because there were some cases where children were two, three, four years behind. And parents were shocked. Nearly 70% of the parents walked into our clinics thinking that their children were on or above grade level. However, only 36% of them were truly on grade level. So when the teachers were having these conversations with the parents, they were shocked. Some of them were in tears, but our teachers let them know, like, again, this is not your fault as a parent. You know now, and these, again, are some steps all of the teachers were able to provide hands-on resources because they're teachers. They know, like you said, how Khan Academy has this that you can plug it into and this will help you. They were able to provide those parents real-time resources that they needed specific to their child that could help them. In addition to the massive resources that we already had to provide each parent with as well, but they were also able to give them like some real-life at-home practical tips that parents may have never thought about. So it was very empowerful for our parents. We saw a lot of hugs going on across the table between the parents and our teachers. So it was very rewarding. It felt very, very satisfying seeing that our parents were getting this information and they felt empowered walking out of the door like, wow, I never knew this. However, now that I do know, I'm on it. And that was the main thing that we wanted to do. Yeah, I love that. That's how I felt. My son does Kumon. So we got assessed when we first got in and they were like, you know, he's behind in these areas and we're starting here. And I remember that moment of just sadness of being like, you just feel like, oh man, what did I do wrong? Like, why did I not do this sooner? So I so empathize with the parents that were there, but also knowing that you have that empowerment of like, okay, now I know Let's get started. What I can do. And one thing that I don't know if I mentioned is these assessments were free. So mm. parents didn't have to pay to come and get their child assessed. Yeah, that's amazing. And you mentioned in the webinar that it was hard to find an assessment that you could use oh if goodness. you were in a school district. So how did you guys navigate that? And is this sure, something yeah. that's available if parents are listening and they want to assess their own kids or figure out how to get them assessed? So we called so many companies to say, hey, how can we purchase licensing for you guys' software? We want to use your assessment to assess our kids. And they were like, oh, yes, we'd love to work with you. Here's a quote. And we will be right in the nitty gritty of everything, like almost ready to pay. And they're like, and what school district are you, you know, related to? And we're like, we're not a school district. We're a parent group. And then it was just crickets. Or we would have people reach back out and say, oh, yeah, well, we only provide this to schools but we can direct you to other companies. And I'm like, okay, well, direct me to those other companies. And then it was cricket. But again, in meeting our teachers and talking to our teachers, they were able to direct me to, which is the, the assessment tool that we were able to use. It's free. All of the teachers that we use were trained and very familiar with Dibbles. 
cool. And this one, so Dibbles is free. Do you have to be an organization or if I'm like a mom and I want to assess my kid, I can just go to this website and sign up? If you want, if you want, if you're a parent and you want to assist your kids, you definitely can go on to Dibbles and download the information. I would say that you probably going to need to know what you're doing. Like I wouldn't feel comfortable just mm. giving my child this assessment because I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough on Dibbles. But most of the educators that I've talked to are familiar with Dibbles and it was highly recommended. So from an educator standpoint, if you are able to provide an educator with, you know, this resource, they should be able to assess children at no cost. But just a, a, a parent just printing out the material or going to the website, I think it would be a little bit more difficult. Now, I will say that there are other many assessments um, that I'm aware of. So if there are any parents listening that want to know like, hey, maybe it's not Dibbles, but how can I still maybe test reach reach out to me? Um, our email address is info at parentshield.org. And just send me an email and let me know, hey, I, I was listening to the podcast. I want to know. Um, I do have some additional resources that I will be happy to share. Yeah, it would be good, even if it's not like an official assessment tool for people just to be able to get a benchmark because they may be listening to this right now and be yep. horrified. Like, <laughs> no, I got, you. Yeah. I got you. I can definitely provide those. I was listening to one of the parents. It may have been actually the same parent on the webinar, and she was talking about how she got one of her kids tested. And when she went to the school, the test scores didn't match the ones that you guys had done. And she was mm -hmm. able to advocate for her daughter because she was like, she is behind, but she's not two years behind. Mm -hmm. um, tell us that story. So like you said, mom came in, she she kind of knew that something was wrong, but she didn't know, she, she couldn't put a finger on it. So she had her child assessed through our assessment, was able to find out exactly what reading level her baby was on. I want to say she was maybe a year behind. But when she went to the school this year, when she started school in August, the school told her, well, yeah, your your baby's two years behind. And she was just like, no, she's not. I've already had her assessed. I know that she's a year behind. I know that we need to kind of work on a plan going forward. What is that going to be? And they were like, well, let's retest her. And they retested her. And sure enough, she was a year behind. And mom was like, I already knew this, but I would not have known this information. And they would have been able to just you know, put this label, put this jacket on my baby based off this had I not already had her assessed and be educated on, you know, again, how to advocate for my child. On the webinar, she was saying that like they were going to put her kid into special class. Mm -hmm. It was like they were tracking them into two reading classes and she didn't yep. even need to be there. Absolutely. So put like the jacket on her, putting this label on her that they often do, especially for black and brown children, when it's like pump the brakes a little bit. There's resources that need to just be put in place or what, where exactly are you getting your information from? Like share that with parents. I think that's the missing gap, but that was, that's really the reason we do this work. That parent's name was Melanie. Melanie's story is the reason that we do this work and just knowing that we're able to empower parents and again, equip them with the information to ensure that their, their kids are receiving quality education is is our reason for continuing every day. However, we do know that there are still so many parents out there that need our help. So that's why we stay so heavily engaged with our community so that we can meet those new parents and be of assistance to them as well.
Yeah, I love it. I really feel like parents are the missing piece in the equation. Even in a world where we can make all the schools equal, right? Like all the schools are amazing. Students only spend about 25% of their awake hours in school. So if you have one kid that's getting that amazing education and then 75% of their time is just nothing's happening. And then you have another kid and the parent understands how all this stuff works and they're supplementing, they're giving them different experiences. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's not a way to keep up. And then you add in the fact that that's not the reality and the schools are not equal. I just feel like without the parents really understanding what's going on and having tools to be able to assess their kids themselves and understand what the assessments mean, I don't think it's possible to solve the education crisis. Like, I just think it can't be done without us. So that's why I really love what you're doing. I'm curious, you ended up in the mayor's office. Like, tell us about that. Like, how did you get that meeting and did anything positive come out of it? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. So a lot came from it, a relationship collaboration. We are fortunate enough to have a mayor who honestly does care about the issues going on in our education system. She's not just all talk. She walks the walk. So she's partnering with us on our Literary Fort Worth is a Great Fort Worth campaign. On September the 8th, she declared International Literacy Day for our city. She presented us with the plaque So she does see that this is an issue and the hard work that's being put behind the work and the effort that we're doing to ensure that we can lift literacy. And she's also supporting us in our next steps where we're launching an intervention program that, again, is going to be free to children in our community to where they can come and get this high impact intervention to close those gaps. So we'll be continuing doing the assessments to determine exactly the um, where children currently are and be able to get that intervention in place to, again, close those gaps, get kids where they need to be and change the trajectories of life. So we would not be able to do that if it wasn't for our mayor. So we do want to send a very much thank you and appreciation to Mayor Maddie Parker for her commitment to the issue as well. I love it. I feel like you just have a treasure trove of things. You're just like, oh, by the way, we're doing an intervention <laughs> web workshop that's supported by the mayor. Um, I love it. So if someone is listening to this and they're so inspired by your story, what would you tell them? What would you suggest as the first step? And then what advice would you give them on the journey of trying to advocate for kids in their local communities? I say it may look different for each person. However, it's definitely going to take parents stepping outside the box and understanding that there is power in our voice and there's definitely power in numbers. So if you feel that way and you're having an issue with a thing, more than likely there's another person out there that's experiencing the same thing. So it's about collecting with like-minded people, expanding your, your community of support, and really just being a voice for our for our babies. They, they depend on us. One thing that we as an organization make sure that we don't do is we don't judge and we don't bash parents. Too many moms, dads, and, you know, parents, they, they're doing the best they can. So we are a strong believer that parents are powerful. And we believe that once a parent is equipped with the knowledge and tools to advocate for their children, 
they're truly unstoppable. I love it. I love it. That's such a great point to close on today. Before we head out, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, we have your email address. I will drop the webinar link in there as well as the link to your report. Any other ways you want people to reach out to you? Definitely. So they can follow us and we invite them to follow us on all of our social media platforms. So at Facebook, we are Parent Shield Fort Worth. On Instagram, we are Parent Shield underscore Fort Worth. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm so excited about what you're doing. I'm definitely going to follow you on social. I can't wait to see you. Yeah, I can't wait to see how your work continues to grow. Thank you. Thank you. Just know that I'm passionate about our children. I really want the best for our children. And I really, like I said, believe that parents can make a change, especially when we're connected together. So we are the parents that we serve. And we are here just trying to make sure that our, our kids receive a better education and a brighter future. Well, there you have it. I hope you were just as inspired by Trinace's story as I was. The work that she's doing in Fort Worth is amazing and so inspirational to us all. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope that you will follow the Raising Young Achievers podcast so you can see all the amazing episodes we have coming up soon. Until next time, my friends, be well. Be well.